0: And it's this corrupted true ice. It's not as everlasting as what true ice was meant to be.
1: If you've driven in the north, you know how dangerous it is. Yeah, yeah. This, <laughs>
0: yeah, this is what your parents warn you about when you're driving in icy conditions. That's what Lissandra's working with. Um, <laughs>
1: Welcome to Casuals of Room Terra episode 40. I'm your host, Ryan, here with your other host, Hetch. We made it into our 40s. I'm ready, I'm ready to get
0: all of my senior discounts. Let's <laughs> do this.
1: Yeah, it's a big deal. That episode 40 is just flying by. Yeah. I mean, to even think we've been doing it over a year now. That's it's very impressive we did it. Yay! Yeah. Yeah. They like us. They, <laughs> they, really, like they us. really like us. They really like us. So housekeeping up top. As always, you can listen to us everywhere. Falls on Twitter is the best way to keep up to date on episodes. That's at PodcastCore. That's Podcast C O R. And you can send an email to PodcastCore at gmail.com. And please leave a like, follow, and a short review slash comment and tell a friend to beware of the secrets below the ice and listen to the Casuals of Runeterra podcast.
0: I'm not even mad at that. That was smooth. That's a smooth little, you know, sprinkling into what we're talking about today. I need to,
1: I need to get back to the cheesiness. (laughs) No, no, no. (laughs) Why can't we be smooth? (laughs) Why can't we be smooth and creamy? (laughs) With our cheese lines. <laughs> With our cheese lines. <laughs> so uh state of the game, what are we playing? I'm playing something that I don't usually play. So I actually my first foray into Shirima barely. Uh I'm playing a deck not by the King Jori himself, but by the guy that Geori likes to follow, <laughs> whose name is Cephalopod. So oh a lot of you know, a <laughs> lot of Jory's inspiration comes from Cephalopod, who's also a like tempo mid-range player. Um and he's playing, he posted this Azir Darius deck. He posted four decks, and out of the four decks, uh, this is the one that appealed to me most as far as my play style. And it is insane to the point where I think this is going to be a driver for future nerfs for burn damage. Uh this is exploits all the little uh doodads right now that allow you to get damage to face. Obviously, it plays Azir. It plays uh, creatures that spawn other small creatures to boost Azir. Uh, Azir is your finisher, technically. The Darius is a one-of in there at the top end, which you barely see. Uh, it plays uh, the PZ stuff that allows you to... Or not the PZ stuff, but it plays the, um, Noxus the Noxus stuff. Yeah, that allows you to do damage directly to the face. Um, the, and then uses those... Uh, Sacking abilities, you know, obviously the target something to deal three, right? That kind of self-sacrifice You have the one-two with fearsome That gets boost every time something's slain. So that grows really quickly. So your finishers are essentially that thing Um as it gets bigger towards the end of the game uh azir When he's finally flipped because he flips fairly quickly in this deck and the card that's like the shining beacon Which is what drew me to this deck and I I knew why jory uh gave it a thumbs up Uh, approval is it's playing ruin runner yes <laughs> yeah and it's kind of absurd because that's somebody who plays a lot of overwhelm i never really understood how big of a deal rune runners spell shield is in this current meta so it's what? a six four with overwhelm and spell shield for five what? in an aggro deck as a top end is nuts
0: i i'm pretty sure wasn't i saying like Oh yeah, weeks ago that it's like ruin runner is like the all star of Sharima, and I believe you even kind of scoffed at me, like you really think so? And it's like it's like yeah, no, the other like the low end like got all the looks because yes, low end, good low end will fit anywhere, but ruin,
1: yeah. ruin Runners ridiculous because of spell shield. <laughs> yeah, surprised. Uh, Terra got another one, and it hasn't caught You're on up. yet. Uh, there's actually a you know there's a post from. Uh, this week's meta, there's a, uh, I forgot his Twitter handle. I'll, I'll mention it next time. But he posts every week what the meta looks like and kind of the breakdown of like which cards are popular and which regions um, and which regions are popular. And Sharima is surprisingly super low. Uh, and even if you looked at the Twin Suns Open uh, there wasn't much Sharima representation there in the top 16. So it looks like people are, you know, obviously the honeymoon period is over, uh, but there are still some cards in there where in Shirima they have really powerful cards that are applicable anywhere. So you're seeing that.
0: Yeah. I, and and that's really the case is like the honeymoon period's over. So everyone's going to look more at what was successful, which really has just been overwhelm when you're looking at the Sharima <laughs> stuff. Like overwhelm overwhelm has really been the most successful piece of Sharima, while stuff like talia has just been a meme uh but uh you know this is a good little transition as far as our honeymoon period because um some of us are still on our vacation some of us haven't left (laughs) the sandals (laughs) resort on our honeymoon uh i am still playing sun disc i'm still having a blast with what i am now going to just coin um the my metal gear deck because go on if i actually win with it you have to watch a four-hour cutscene before i actually win (laughs) so it's my the metal gear deck you know like yeah just flipping all those champions and then flipping the sun disc to watch them flip again um i i'm still having a lot of fun with it though because i've made it a little bit more uh a little bit more mid-rangey so focusing more around renekton than anything else because as i was saying the overwhelm stuff from Shirima is the best of Shirima. so why not kind of gear more gear myself more towards that while i'm playing the meme of Disk. and but I, I i am glad to hear because I, I was looking at our notes and the fact that it's like i have not seen jory playing azir what are you yeah. talking about? His Twitter <laughs> is still on like Noxus uh, allegiance with uh, Noxus allegiance yeah. with Flank Darius at the face. So I'm glad we're still a Jory podcast it's, here.
1: It's funny how it fits in because when it comes to my playtime and the region I play the most and what I like the most, even though I'm a fanboy of Freljord, I play Noxus the most in my history. So it's just further, you know, to Mm -hmm. give it to our fans that we're still (laughs) not talking about the Knox. We'll get there sooner or later. So stay tuned. (laughs) So for the main topic, this episode, the cold cover up. Oh, yeah. We're talking about Lysandra, which is not the story you would expect it to be when you look at the character. And Hetch, will get there in a second to tell you about it. But we start with our spell as always. And this one is, once again, you know, lore-focused, so we go from card to card, and Entombed, uh, uh, it's not Entombed, Entomb is a cool card, right? We always talk about how little Obliterate is in the game, for good reasons, it's a very powerful effect, since it just destroys a card, doesn't do damage. <laughs> for good reason. <laughs> for good reason, but this one has a unique effect on that fits really well, even into her ability in the game. So Obliterate is a five cost uh, spell, fast spell, that has obliterate a unit to summon a frozen tomb in its place. Uh, and the the quote here obviously is good, which is kneel or freeze. <laughs> which is, it reminds me of, uh there was this title for something I saw in the past that said knife or die. <laughs> <laughs> which is like, I want neither of those. <laughs> uh what,
0: what is the third option please <laughs> what is the,
1: what, please the third <laughs> option, sir hey, Lissandra, you cut out at the end there. I didn't hear my third option, <laughs> <laughs> but entomb is uh you know another obliterate keyword. it's something that you've we've seen um on ladder uh usually like a one or two of it's not that um played it's usually played alongside the three sisters card uh mm-hmm. because you can create an entomb. So most people play that to have more of of an option rather than having to force himself down this pigeonhole. But the big part about this one is it has the unique effect of not only being obliterate, but when it does its effect, Frozen Tomb, the card it puts on the stack, is a landmark card, actually. And Frozen Tomb reads, landmark countdown two, summon an exact copy of the obliterated unit I replace. So you're essentially delay, it's a delay effect, right? So you get to destroy it, but it does put it in a stasis mode to be able to come back later. So you usually want to play this in a space where you're going to either swing the momentum in your favor or end the game.
0: Yeah, and it, it also gives a flexibility, too, of you being able to play this onto one of your own units. So that way it's not the most ideal way to counterplay something like a vengeance or a ruination, something that's killing your unit. But at the very least you can kind of just say, all right, instead of my unit dying, I'll just take the L and just wait two turns for it to come back. Um, And this is also why you see three sisters more than just straight up in tomb because flexibility, flexibility is always good in a card game.
1: Yeah. And the quote on frozen tomb takes us to our next card. So the quote is, our lady will bury this world and all you know in ice, said the Draclorn Inquisitor, which is our follower here. So Draclorn Inquisitor, and in this story, once Hetch gets to it, uh, there'll be a mention of Lysandra's Guard, right? Not to be confused with the Thralls and the ancient beings, which he'll explain. Uh, but the Frozen Guard is essentially a group of soldiers. Some can consider... Uh, uh, some trolls in there as well. That's kind of loose there uh, in the details. But and Inquisitor is in a unique card here. Uh, more of a mid-range and at most maybe a one or two of. Uh, some decks still don't play it just because the benefit isn't really focused around the card it creates. But it's a fi- five cost, a four five uh, that has, when I'm summoned, summon a frozen thrall. Round end if the countdown of any of your Frozen Thralls is four or less, advance them to zero. A lot of keywords. Yeah, but
0: don't let your memes be dreams. (laughs) Go, go for the Frozen Thrall strategy, (laughs) baby.
1: Yeah, go for the Frozen Thrall. (laughs) So this is a good card. I mean, it's solid stats. Uh, The fact that it's able to push your early game Frozen Thrall strategy, which we'll get to after this, uh, helps as well. And it helps ramp up the pressure immediately once this hits the board, uh, if it can survive, which usually it can with, you know, five on, uh, with a five, five dumpy. Uh, But we get another (laughs) quote here, which is, uh, my lady appears to me in in dreams, her voice near a whisper, follow, she bids me. This command, I dare not disobey.
0: And and that is, that is very important as far as that the lady speaks to him in dreams. This will come up. This will be on the test later. (laughs)
1: <laughs> you must obey this is, the ki- this is kind of the, uh, the loyalty you want uh, when you're somebody in Lysandra's shoes uh, so this then takes us to our landmark which you know we're going to start doing those for certain episodes where it applies and here it applies because once again another unique ability with this follower is it creates a landmark spell uh, which is frozen thrall so frozen thrall has to do with the big boys of old um, the second Longest cooldown, uh, countdown card behind Hedges Sun Disc. Sun Disc! (laughs) Disc. (laughs) But it costs one. It's a one cost landmark. So you can drop it early and let it kind of count down if you're playing, obviously, the Draclorn Inquisitor, like we mentioned. That will help push it forward. Uh, but what this one does is at countdown eight, it summons a Frozen Thrall. And what a Frozen Thrall is, is an eight cost eight, eight with Overwhelm, which caught everybody's attention when oh, yeah. it came out because everybody's like, oh, yeah. okay, you know, playing this on one and playing eight turns in a deck focused around mid range to late game is very plausible. And it's also a card that at some point has to be dealt with in some manner, if you're not going to kill them before that time frame, right? right. And then when you have cards, like we mentioned before, that help push it forward, uh, it's a dangerous, dangerous combo. Yeah,
0: and, and, and it's one of those things of like, just the mana that you're looking at because it's like everyone's going to look at it with a oh, one mana eight eight, you say, Yeah, uh, <laughs> like you don't even look at the countdown at that point, all you see is one mana and eight eight, eight, eight trample or overwhelm, and it's like, Yes, yes, yeah. yes. And so, have I got like a list of some failed frozen thrall decks? <laughs> Absolutely, and I'm sure I'm not alone. Like,
1: I believe this is a safe space. <laughs> yeah. So, yeah, you will see this on ladder. This is a very common play, commonly played card in that deck and in other ones as well. Uh, But we get the quote here uh, for Frozen Thrall, which is certainly there were enough half-witted warriors within the ranks of Trundle's disorderly army to use a frontline, to use as frontline fodder. But Lissandra desired something much more loyal, something that served her and her alone and then when big boy pops out uh freed from its icy tomb the corrupted troll knew one thing and one thing only it must do as its dark mistress commanded uh so that's a good setup for what Hedges is about to get into yeah, with who, this who, who insane story and almost like a not even a murder mystery it's like a how would you explain it
0: I, uh, like I, like her like motive mis- is
1: very interesting
0: Yeah, like I mean, this is a revisionist. This is probably like as close as we're gonna get to like a royal court. Like before we get into the realm that doesn't exist, Mm -hmm. cough cough Noxus. Um, like this is very much like the intrigues of court here, because yeah, like there's a there's a lot of backstabbing, betrayal, but blood is still thicker than water kind of stuff. It's weird. So, Lysandra, once again, we're going back into the very very early times of runeterra because this is this is a story that kind of takes place even before shurima is a thing and well before shurima gets destroyed and then brought back in the ruination 2.0 so (laughs) in this time long before the society that runeterra knows now there is lissandra as well as her two sisters which are cyrilda and avarosa now if you've been listening to our show before and you've caught like specifically our ash and sejuani episodes definitely cyrilde a little bit Cyrilda, but definitely avarosa is a name that you will recognize so the the three sisters roamed across the freljord long before the tribes really kind of became even close to what the Runeterra knows today and they were out in the hopes of taming the wild magics of the Freljord and the spoiler there is that they were able to conquer the magics of the land but they had to do so at a cost to themselves and with these costs it's not you know it's not really bright and shiny here uh, The terrible prices paid Was Avarosa uh, Was n- Cast into the dark Void beneath the world and deafened By its emptiness waiting to Consume all of creation okay <laughs> Yeah Cool cool Cyrilda um, Cyrilda um, lost her voice so then she became uh, A mute and Lysandra uh, the Carnal magics ended up manifesting into a claw and raking her eyes out making her blind so yeah you know bright shiny yes (laughs) so yeah they they all pay a price but they do end up taming a lot of the magics that surround the frail yard um with this you know
1: to hop in this is obviously a reference to the three wise monkeys uh for those not familiar with that japanese tale so check it out it's cool
0: yeah see no evil hear no evil speak no evil all right and um this this does establish them as far as a very powerful force within the feral but they are still here like they're still depicted as humans essentially like they're they're not depicted as these ancient powers like uh uh anivia they are still very much a mortal being um, but we don't have a lot of details as to far as who these three sisters were up to this point. But once they were able to tame these magics, the magic became more a part of themselves, and this is how they became Iceborn. So these are the first Iceborn of the Freljord. And then going back to our previous episode specifically with Ash and Braum, the, the Iceborn have the magics of the freljord in their dna for lack of a better way of saying it it's a part of them and these were the first iceborn so the iceborn that we know into the present timeline of Runeterra are descendants of the three sisters all right so now that we now that we, you know we kind of established to start there Lysandra, since she has lost her sight she ends up using the magics of the freljord to use dreams as her site uh this is not too uncommon as far as in the, the magic of the land we get to see that in the nocturne storyline mm-hmm. although nocturne is just dreams itself specifically bad ones um <laughs> check out that episode so, for more check out check that out for more <laughs> so Lysandra is using the dreams of the people of the feral to, to become her site but going through all these dreams and obviously using this magic allows her to pass through just more than just the dreams of people and this shows her visions of a force that is coming to the Freljord a force that is beyond the plane of Runeterra and this is where we get our first mention at least on the show of the casuals of Runeterra of the void all right and the void uh as a lore nerd, for a lot of things, if anyone's familiar with Warhammer lore, this is kind of like this is kind of like the realms. This is the realms of chaos coming in, but it's yeah. for Runeterra. It's the void. It is or a, the
1: White Walkers.
0: Yeah, the White Walkers Game of of, from Game of Thrones. It, there's a lot of different stories as far as like the frozen wasteland being the gateway to something way worse than the frozen wasteland. <laughs> so. Now, the void is going, the void that Lysandra is able to tap into, it's kind of more like a hive mind. Uh, they all, like all the visions that she sees are all focused on one thing, which is the consumption of all. It is to eradicate everything. So Lysandra sees it and knows that the void is coming. And what Lysandra ends up doing since she's already in the dreams of these this hive mind is she begins to communicate with the hive mind basically to parlay with them to spare the realm of Froyard even though Froyard is going to be the first step in for the void into Runeterra. and this doesn't sit well with the sisters Avarosa and Cyrilda are not okay with this idea of like wait first off you're coming to us telling us that there's this all powerful force coming to consume everything and now we have to work for them hold up what the heck and Lissandra is now playing this game of trying to keep her sisters happy and keep them in the loop without fully revealing to her sisters how much power she's given the void for the chance for her sisters to survive this and this there's a lot of political intrigue as far as what Lysandra is struggling to you know kind of maintain a balance here and it's a balance that can't be maintained forever because the bottom line is the void is coming and the void does come to the froyord and it is at this time that the first true ice age of Runeterra happens And now we get the answer of what happens at the first true ice age of Runeterra. Because the Void ends up appearing and Lysandra just freezes everything. Mm -hmm. She freezes the Void. She freezes the Watchers who were the first, the vanguard of the Void, essentially. Um, She freezes them. She freezes her sisters. She Mm -hmm. freezes every living being in the Freljord in true ice true ice being the magic of the Yard, which is a 100 percent sign of someone who is ice born mm-hmm. so this is an everlasting ice and everything's frozen in place and now the only conscious being left in the Yard is Lysandra and even she is frozen entombed if you will uh, within this ice age but she's able to kind of travel through the dreams. Mm-hmm. So she's like, ha i I got you all, all right? And she thinks that she's kind of in control of everything, and now life can continue on while she's got everybody on lockdown. But what happens is that the Void is like, all right, cool, we'll wait again, and <laughs> we'll use your sight to see what's going on there. And now the Void, specifically the Watchers, start traveling through Lysandra's dreams. And they are slowly just reminding her, we're we're coming. We are coming. And Lysandra, desperately trying to keep them at bay, keeps trying to grow her powers in the true ice to continue this ice age. But what's happening is that the ice is now being corrupted by the Watchers. It's spe- an
1: inevitability that we get when we talked about like our Nocturne episode, you get that same feeling recently, our Kindred episode, you get that same feeling. The Watchers in the Void are just a thing that is con- is constant, right? It's a constant threat, regardless of what you do. So everything you do is just to delay that more and more. Yeah, Uh, like, turn on
0: your Thanos filter and put the Watcher there going, I am inevitable. (laughs) I
1: am inevitable.
0: Inevitable. Uh, (laughs) and, And one of the things, as far as this inevitability of the Watchers going to break free, is that they begin to corrupt the true ice, and the the ice as far as that what we get to see with lasandra's art and not only from runterra but from league of legends is that she works with with black ice uh, essentially, and it's this corrupted true ice. It's not as everlasting as what true ice was meant to be. If
1: you've driven in the north, you know how dangerous it is. Yeah, yeah. This, <laughs> yeah. This,
0: this is what your parents warn you about when you're driving in icy conditions. That's what Cassandra's working with, um, and of course while everything is frozen and this true ice is being corrupted life starts picking back up in the Freljord and this is when we get to see that the other sisters are also using this frozen domain as a way to try to pass on the true ice and we get to see that with a lot of the descendants that are ice born uh, what we don't know or did not know until this point is that Lysandra creates the frost guard and the mention of the frost guard from a lot of the cards would be like the dark lord inquisitor and even the thralls the frozen thralls are frost guards and for a lot of the other froyordian powers they refer to these as thralls kind of brainless monsters but what they actually are is these Beings that are corrupted by corrupted true ice and controlled by Lysandra to maintain the current balance of this frozen wasteland. And their goals are to eliminate the heirs of the other sisters. So they're, they are a group of assassins that are killing Iceborn. That should give an idea of how powerful a lot of the frost guard are. And they, their other goal is also to get collect more of this true ice, so this magical ice that uh, that Iceborn are able to create, and bring it to Lysandra to reinforce this frozen wasteland to keep the Watchers frozen. And it's at this point that we get to see what Lysandra's doing in present day, is now she is just still in her, her tomb that she made for herself, But she's now watching Ash and she's watching Sejuani, which she believes are to be the newest descendants of her sisters. And she's waiting for a chance to pit them against each other so that hopefully they can take each other out or at least take one of them out. And the Frost Guard can do the rest so that she can collect their true ice to keep the Watchers frozen because she knows that time is running out. And that the watchers will soon break out if not, if something doesn't change.
1: Yep. And it's, that, it's,
0: that's where we leave off with Lysandra.
1: Yeah, it's a very interesting story when you think about the character. And from my standpoint, you know, to have, for those who aren't familiar with the story of the wise monkeys, is the whole gist is um, con, uh, containing evil, right? Not informing others, essentially looking the other way, right? And Lysandra, although she cares about her sisters during this whole time, is still concealing very valuable information, not really even knowing how her sisters would have reacted or helped. She's trying to control the full situation, which after everything's said and done and she's kind of uh, fumbling the ball, per se, when you have Sejuani and Ash pop up, is she still trying to find a way to like revise the history that people are now catching on to. Because remember, you have a bunch of – like these are tribal – People in this area, and she's trying to keep it from spreading any further than the frail yard. Yeah. So she doesn't want them catching on. And she also doesn't want word spreading about what's going on uh, because of what that means for her and it's a kind of oh i messed up and i'll fix my mistake by myself so there's some stubbornness there as well uh, when it yeah. comes to lissandra
0: yeah like i you know it, it yes i made a mistake but it's okay i will now create this frost guard and i will kill everybody that yeah. points out my mistake and then the mistake never happened yep it, it's easy <laughs> easy there can't be any
1: witnesses if there are no witnesses <laughs> exactly yeah. so uh, and then we get into the card which is Uh, The card is so much fun. This card is great. Alternative Um, win conditions. I'll I'll let Hedge talk so I don't ruin this. Boo hoo, you. (laughs) All right.
0: (laughs) Okay, so Lissandra is a three mana, two, three with tough. So uh, that's already kind of good. And when I am summoned, summon a frozen thrall, which, again, is a landmark with the countdown of eight. Um and one of the key things is that countdown the uh, the frost guard thrall that comes out of it is an eight cost unit which is important for lissandra's card because her level up condition is you have summoned two plus allies that cost eight or more mana and when i level up create a watcher in hand all right so The Frozen Thralls do go towards her level up if you're able to actually get the countdown to go through. Otherwise, if you're playing a lot of top-end, heavy, late-game stuff and you make it there, you're going to level up Lissandra, all right? And Lissandra, the level up, is already pretty strong because she becomes a 3-4 with tough. Your Nexus now has tough, all right? So when Lissandra's in play, your Nexus is tough. So any instance of... of damage that is dealt to your nexus is reduced by one and that's important because at the round start for level up Lissandra she creates a fleeting zero mana ice shard in hand and ice shard is usually a three mana spell that does one damage to everything so it does one damage to all allies all enemy units and both nexus but if you have Lysandra in play, it's only the enemy Nexus. So it gives like this little counter. This is just kind of like ticking away at your HP. Um, and that that right there is already kind of like a fun like little game to play as far as like a mini game of getting to this point to where you're inevitably ticking away. But this isn't what that's not the alternate win condition that would tick off ryan here no 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 that's he doesn't care about that who cares about hp he cares about the card that's actually fun here all right which is the watcher now the watcher we just talked about how these are like void beings so you know how what kind of inevitability are they bringing to the table all right it's a 17 mana card (laughs) which if you've uh if you're aware of how runeterra works the max amount of mana is 10 mana with <laughs> three spell mana that you can bank so the most mana you could ever have is 13. so already unplayable all right and the watcher i cost zero if you have summoned four plus allies that cost eight or more mana this game all right so then you, it becomes a zero mana eleven seventeen no other keywords but on the attack obliterate the enemy deck yay for mill baby (laughs) this is this card is just fun and it's also like the i mean the reality is i i have not actually seen the watcher trigger in any of my games Um, uh most of the time like if the like the times that I've lost to Lissandra decks, I die to just damage on board. Like I i usually die because I have chump blockers and they can't block eight eight overwhelms. Yeah. So I've never gotten it to see this like actually tick off in my personal games. And I've only ever seen this tick off in like really high-level play, like either like um like streams like swim or um or grappler and the last time i saw this tick was actually at the twin suns tournament uh a guy did get th- to pull this off and it didn't matter because it was still lethal on board so it's like yeah i obliterated <laughs> your deck but yeah. you die before you get to draw a card anyways so i i don't know why you're i don't know why you're like uh
1: alternate win conditions like chill bro. i've lost this effect a good bout like on curve of course you have oh, dude. And so to those who don't know there's a six uh, mana shadow owls card that can create an ephemeral version of something for zero. Uh, and that is the card that people use to get this into play in a reasonable amount of time. So really. if things line up and it's usually right before the turn I'm going to kill them is when this puppy comes out on their attack token and then they attack and I surrender because so I refuse to watch it happen. And it's... <laughs> It's one of those things where it's whatever. I mean, the deck plays it pretty straight anyways. It's not like, it's not an alternate win condition where you're focused on that. It's just, it gives you a timer on the game more than anything. So most Lissandra decks end up winning the traditional way, like a control deck. It's just a really good control Uh, format. Yeah, like, uh,
0: of course, of course you died of it. Like, I find that hysterical because you just, like, it's not it's not even a thing of, like, me trying to, like, make fun of, like, how did you let that happen? Like, you know, if a deck's, if a deck's built to do it, it's going to do it every now and then. But, of course, it happened to you because you hate alternate win conditions so much. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Um, specifically, like, one of the games that I that I lost to Lissandra, I didn't even lose to The Watcher. It triggered on me, but I'm playing Sun Disk So I literally held his ear, I leveled up his ear in my hand. Like after the sun disc flipped. And I, huh. I just held it. And then it was just like, Okay, the watcher swung. I oh, chomped so I a new deck. blocked it and then I play Azir and I made um and the I Emperor's made the uh, the Emperor's deck. But like I was able to trump block it, yeah, but I was down to two HP. Okay. So then they I sharded me for one HP and then they made another fleeting one for the next yeah. turn and I sharded me again on the nine. That's a pretty attack, good play though. And I died. I mean, that's there, there are ways around it, but you know, again, like the sun disc isn't a good deck, so it's not like that's something <laughs> that you can
1: tell people to do. <laughs> so this is the point where it takes us to our question here, and this one's pretty straightforward. Which of the three sisters is your favorite? So my answer is boring, obviously, uh, because of my queen, uh, Avarosa, right? Kind of plays it straight. She was supposed to the good sister. Um, but there's nothing really satisfying from her side when it comes to story content, because obviously, so our, uh, like Lissandra would be the one I would go to when it comes to story. Obviously, she's a champion. She has the most fleshed out, so there's no surprise there. But yeah, I'm gonna have to go with Alvarosa just for the sake of uh, branding, Got to stay on brand. <laughs> <laughs> uh well the, the, that works
0: because we already know that i'm gonna be on brand <laughs> Cyrilda. conquer me mommy <laughs> good old hedge, always looking for a chance to get stepped on just
1: run me over <laughs> just just go ham <laughs> so with that as always thanks for listening and we will be back soon yep. with the next and, episode uh
0: and then a quick uh, shout out and thank you to everybody participating in the twin suns tournament and a congratulations shout out to martin carton who ended up taking it all so that was a lot of fun to watch and hopefully you get to see more tournaments like that
1: yeah check out um their twitter uh which is at twin suns at the twin Sons, i believe yeah uh at the twin suns pod yeah, at the Twin Suns pod, and then check out uh, RuneterraCCG.com because they did write-ups alongside the tournament to kind of break down the, mit- the metagame and also the deck list that were in the top 16. So just great, great job all around um, from everybody involved. Yeah, uh, a so really looking, good job. Yeah, we're looking forward to the next one uh, to help out in any way we can. So with that, we'll bring it to an end, and we'll see you guys soon the next episode. All right, take care, everybody.